This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. Guys, welcome to Red Flags and Red Cards on this whatever day you're listening to this episode. I'm Nick. Alongside me is Josh. Um, Josh and I are coming from busy weeks, so that's why these episodes are released at random times. I'm going back and forth between Nashville and the East Coast, and Josh is insanely busy uh, with church work and vacation Bible school stuff. Josh, how's it going? You said you were building a Jeep earlier. Yes, so we had a, it's like some of those like Lowe's foam cutouts or foam boards and we like cut it out into the form of like a Jeep facing you and we are slapping the, put some like construction paper over it to make it into a Jeep and myself and our music director, David James, were uh, creating it. Neither one of us are happy with it, but you know, it is what it is. And, <laughs> but yeah, the hallways are all decorated with these vines and it's themes in the wild. So there's like all kinds of animal scenes set up and it looks really cool. Our church, um, everybody did a really awesome job, but it's, uh, it's crunch time cause it's happening on Friday. So today and tomorrow are the last two days of prep time. So it's a, it's a lot. I'm, I'm currently have, I'm at the church office cause I just came right over from decorating to record here. And I've been here for 12 hours and about 20 minutes at this point, 12 and a half hours. Um, took a little lunch break, but other than that, Dang. been here all day. And, uh, so, you know, that's, it'll be the same tomorrow, but solid 12, 14 hour work day, but it is what it is. It'll be a great weekend. This I is, hope. this is what we, <laughs> this is what we, uh, you know, we sign up for when we, do church work <laughs> right right so you you're back in nashville now i am back in nashville now um in case some people have been asking me about this so what i'm doing all of july is going back between um bethany beach delaware it's a little beach town in delaware which people are like delaware has a beach yes <laughs> delaware f- is on the east coast folks uh uh and coming back to nashville uh weekend week out um because uh lou is living up there for the month her mom has a condo up there so we've been kind of doing this month-long vacation thing so lou's up there uh staying up there for the whole month and i uh i come back to nashville on wednesday or thursdays go back to delaware on sunday afternoons and i i do that all month so uh lots of flying i got back into nashville three hours ago so mm-hmm. just tons of flying, and I'm going to get to know the pilots of all these airplanes pretty soon because it's nice. just going to be the same flights over and over and over again because I'm flying out of an airport in Maryland that is, believe it or not, smaller than Lynchburg Airport, if mm, you remember the wow. size of that little guy. Uh, yep. It's so small that they open up security and a half hour before you board the plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how small it is. That's quite small. Yes. Quite small. <laughs> very, very small. And the plane is like the size of a pack of gum. Good gracious. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And somehow keeping up with sports, trying to. I feel like I'm keeping up right. more with, uh, with the Euro 2020 tournament than anything else. But before we even get to soccer or whatnot, there were some motorsports that happened and NASCAR was at Road America, which was mm-hmm. great. Did you watch any of this? Because I was able to watch it on silent and barely could tell what was going on. I was unable to follow um the the Xfinity race. I know Kyle Bush ultimately won. Yeah. Uh, but wasn't able to see any of that. But I was, however able to see so i watched the first two stages of the uh cup race and then we left um we had like a a 40 minute drive or so 30 40 minute drive so i left at the end of stage two which means i missed about 15 laps (laughs) (laughs) yeah right of uh of the last stage and got home with for the final pretty much from the last restart on um i know there was some debate over whether or not somebody jumped the final restart i kind of missed 
I missed that the exact the restart, but there was some discussion over it, and NASCAR said I think it was Chase got a a pretty good jump, and they said it was a legal start or something like that. But mm. um, so I missed the I, I missed the part in the middle where Chase Chase Elliott found himself in the got to the lead. I know him and Kyle Busch had a, a bit of a battle, um, but other than that, I got to see most of it, and it was you know, it was a it was a road course race. That's yeah kind of the best way i can say it which was enjoyable there's a lot of strategy involved you know it started off with the first stage you had byron kind of he led the whole first 15 laps um but then you had some guys pitting at the end of the stage other people staying out and that cycled through to like the benedetto and austin Sindrick kind of battling for the lead for a little bit which was really entertaining and mm-hmm. then um i th- believe who ended up winning the second stage was it uh i don't even remember I even oh I yeah reddick ended up Tyler Reddick won the second stage because he stayed out and Byron stayed out and a few others. So things just kind of got cycled out. And, um, and then I kind of lost track for a little bit and came back and Chase Elliott was in the lead and nobody could get close to him. Yeah. Once Um, he took the lead, I was like, well, this is a done deal unless there's a caution. Right. But it was a pretty straightforward race as far as road course race goes where there's some enjoyable strategy. um, But once the best guys got out front, they they kind of pulled away but everybody that was there raved about the weekend at road america like people excited for this to be the new fourth of july tradition i think it um, should I, the, just the the vibes getting from from just the news the newscast wow the the broadcast and whatnot just saying how everyone was enjoying the area and how much the area was excited for nascar to be back and just the the party atmosphere that it gave it, it seemed like it was a, a very fun weekend yeah, and it, it produces it, it produces good racing. I mean, I like the narrowness of the track mm-hmm. is really an appealing thing. I think it was, and it was cool because there was tire wear throughout the race. I think there was a lot more of um, cautiousness than we were anticipating, being that, and, and there's a few reasons for it. And I think the biggest thing was that tire wear actually scared guys into being as racy as they wanted to be Yeah, because the last thing you want is to get a flat tire three and a half miles away from pit road. No kidding. And so, so yeah, there's this tendency to not push it as much, not, you know, not want to get as maybe as racy. And there wasn't as many off track incidents. Um, and that's a good thing because pits uh they they need to come up with the strategy for road america for cautions thank you i was going to talk about this later but yes we can dive into that right now if you want (laughs) yeah i think was it stage i think it was stage two a caution came out with three to go which was too long to get a restart yes before the and so this they had to run like three caution laps to end the stage and then they had to run the stage break caution laps and i think it was like a it's like a 30 minute caution flag basically it was terrible man either up the speed or i don't know there was there was one instance where they didn't open up pit road because the field hadn't bunched back together which to mm-hmm. me that's not a good enough reason for me i mean right. i know i know fairness is is the thing but hey if if you if your gap between the guy in front of you is x amount of seconds that's on you so sorry you're gonna you still the pit road's still open and you're probably not gonna be able to gain a lot of positions in pit road that was my initial reaction mm-hmm. i don't know i like you said there's got to be something with road america and pits or slow the slow the um, pace car down so slow that everyone's mm-hmm. able to catch up before you get to pit road i don't know i mean that right. that's yeah, that's a, very, a stop yeah that's a formula one thing pretty much that is a yeah. very formula one thing to do right um, like yeah like that would be what i would say is like if you're gonna do it have them you know a caution comes out the pace car goes out gathers the field and brings them to pretty much a stop to however what half a mile from the start from the pit road and goes by and you just just have one pit stop cycle you know they're cleaning uh-huh. up the track that's happening let everybody go through and just you know i know pit road would be mayhem but there's not that many cars a lap down anyway on a mm. four mile track no so just let them all pit and at the same time and then get back to it 
or if there was a way of creating a cut through, you know, where <laughs> turns five and 15 are right next to each other pretty much. So create a cut through that you can cycle them through on under caution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something like that would be, would be nice because you just can't, can't keep having a 30 minute caution every now and then 15 minute minimum for a caution yeah. break. Um, I will say when I was watching it, that did, that killed killed it for me as far as paying attention because mm-hmm. I knew they were going to be on a, caution, on a caution for a while and then go to commercials. So I would swap over the channel or something and then forget, mm-hmm. not forget to come back, but I'd come back and they've already taken the green flag or something. So my attention span with that wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was a, a big thing, big thing for me on that. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the facility just look, is just a beautiful facility. So I really, I think it'd be awesome if they made Road America a, you know, Fourth of July staple. I agree. I know people like always talk about you know Fourth of July and Daytona, and I, you know I I get it for the people that are going that it'd be nice to kind of have this family vacation built into the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. But you know, for most of us watching, I don't I don't know. I I like having something different especially the fact it it helped a lot that it fell on july 4th so you could kind of like okay we're we're watching this race it starts at 3 30 or it started at 2 30 and it was over at what five o'clock 4 4 45 or five o'clock it wasn't despite being slow it wasn't like it was super late maybe it was closer to 5 30 and then you had plenty of time to get dinner and go watch fireworks or whatever you know yeah so I know next year it won't be. It'll be back on Fourth of July. It'll be a Monday, so it'll be after the third. So, you know, but yeah. it, it's a different. Like I would love. I got to be honest. There's not much of an appeal to me to go to Daytona in uh, July. For no, race. absolutely not. the 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 Midwest sounds perfect. Yep. Like yeah, Wisconsin, and on a nice summer day. Yeah, like you said, go to the racetrack watch the mm-hmm. race and then that night they put on a fantastic fireworks show the lakes are nearby so you know there's gonna be fireworks for that mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I yeah i think that would that just sounds awesome to me and i think i mentioned this last week that when when they announced that this race was going to be on july 4th weekend last year i was like oh snap how yeah. do we go to this race obviously we weren't able mm-hmm. to but i was immediately drawn to it i've never been drawn to want to go to daytona in july absolutely right. not right Anytime we talk yeah. about going back to Disney World, we're like, all right, either we're going in the spring or we're going in the winter. <laughs> right, right. Not not a chance you want to go in the summer down no, there. No, no, thank you. Bye. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's I, so I enjoyed that aspect of it, and I enjoyed the racing. I mean, I, I like road courses a lot because there is levels of strategy to it. I mean, mm-hmm. you had the – you could kind of choose. Uh, with Byron, he went for the stage points, and he had max – he had – basically almost maximum stage points. He got 19 out of 20 stage points and he ended up needing it because he had missed a, missed a corner <laughs> and <laughs> got spun around and ended up at the back of the field and then decided to short pit to just in case a caution came out, he'd have fresh tires and a caution never came out. So <laughs> yeah, he ended up in like 35th or 34th, like 105 seconds back. I'm <laughs> <behind> the leader. <laughs> almost <laughs> but, two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's it's you know it wasn't the race for him, but he still ended up with like the thirteenth most points in the race, which is fine. He didn't lose <laughs> as many, but there's those different ways you can go. You know, Reddick has got a playoff point just in case he does make the playoffs, which I think is looking very increasingly likely that Tyler Reddick is going to be. Or no, am I confusing him with somebody else? Mm, um, for for him getting the points, yeah. He's pretty good on driver's points, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. I, I could be. I think he's good. I mean, yeah, he's double he's check at, here. <laughs> he's got a fifty-point advantage over Kurt Busch right now, so he's not out or he's not clinched in by any means. One bad race, two bad races, and he's he's in danger of getting caught and passed. But as of right now, he's kind of reasonably safe with what six races to go. Yeah. Um. So, but. Really, he needs the smart play is to get maximum points and and getting it if he can steal a playoff point, which he did. I mean, he had a good car. It wasn't just that he stayed out. He was running 
second or third when the guys in front of him pitted. So it was a good day for him and uh, a couple of different guys. It was, it's just road courses bring out a lot of good stuff. Chase Briscoe had a great run to finish sixth and had a couple shots at getting fifth. I was really pulling for him to get around. I think it was Denny at the end that he was mm. having a good battle with, but it was, it was good to see guys like that kind of be able to show their themselves. Ross Chastain continues to have yeah, good come performance out of nowhere after and good do performance. Well. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, Christopher Bell had a, second another place, man. Yeah. That's a win in a second at the road courses so far this year. So he's proven himself to be a pretty, pretty adaptable driver when it comes to that. So yeah. And shout out to Austin Sendrick for, for fighting the way he did uh while he was up in the lead mm-hmm. um that was that was really fun to watch he, like i'm not the biggest fan of him but i mean he's very entertaining to watch uh and also he handled himself very very well in his his post-race interview uh his day ended short and he had a great attitude about it as any you know i mean he's in a he's he i think he is pretty much a stand-up guy as far as like being mature now i know there was kind of a point where he wasn't um just because he's a young guy but he just he handled himself really well in his post-race interview after his um something broke in the left rear i can't remember what it was but it was super random it wasn't an axle it was a a rear gear it was a gear that's what it was yeah uh yeah and uh yeah he just kept his composure with it and i'm sure he had colorful language possible on the radio but his (laughs) post-race interview uh he had himself really well so just want to shout out to him for that i thought that was that was really cool he's going to be a force to reckon with next year in whatever car he ends up in whether it be the 21 or the two or or whatever it is Um, yeah my suspicions are it'll be the two me too but we'll see um i think he'd do he'd do great in the two um i think he i i would not He's one of the guys. Like I'm, I was. I'm not surprised to have seen um, Cole Custer or um, Chase Briscoe struggle a bit more early on, especially with their their teams not necessarily being as high quality um, mm-hmm. as as some of the others. But Austin Sindrick, I fully expect, especially if he's in that two car, to be winning races next year. Oh, because yeah. he's, he's shown himself that even in the Xfinity series, you know, he's. He's just as capable as of beating the Kyle Bushes and Joey Logano's and whomever else oh, is yeah. down. So, I, I'd expect I expect him to be around for a long time and not just at road courses, but of course, as as expected, the road course ace Chase Elliott gets the victory, uh, win number seven on road courses. Out which of how puts many? Him, uh, well, I don't know how many he's had. Okay, still, but the impressive. record for. Yeah, the record, I mean, obviously it's different because we have more road courses today than ever before. But Jeff Gordon has the most road course wins ever with nine. And Tony Stewart has eight. And Chase Elliott already has seven. And and Chase is in his, what, third or fourth full-time year? Uh, Fifth. Is it fifth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, time-wise. Yeah, wow, that's insane. Maybe sixth. Dang. We're getting old really fast. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I would like to say, would like to say, I wish uh, Pinsky would keep the thirty-three out there, get a third car, fourth car, if you mm. want to call it that. There's something about that thirty-three on track. I was like, that thing looks cool. <laughs> put mm-hmm. it, put a Harry Gant uh, paint scheme on that thing, and let's go. <clears throat> um, what's up? Okay, this is his. Oh, Elliot's first full year was 2016. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is a sixth year. This is his sixth year. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So we're, uh, we're getting older. We are getting older. <laughs> Quick but, side yeah, note. It's, uh, Tampa Bay is 11 minutes away from being Stanley Cup champions. That they are. Yeah, I have that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. I have it on. I'm like, uh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, I, I, I mean, Montreal only has 15 shots. This would be shocking for them to tie it i mean tampa's still putting the pressure on so yeah uh you know tampa tampa managed to lose a game so that they could win in tampa that's literally so, what that's happened cool. let's be honest yeah they did yeah. it in overtime they didn't find fashion anyway right. back back to racing <laughs> um 
So Atlanta is this week. Atlanta is in the news because we will, we'll it, talk about that in a little bit. Oh, we'll oh, are we? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll, okay. We'll come back to that with some. Uh, Don't want to open up the presents too early. Yeah, not too early. <laughs> not too early. We'll come back. To that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> um, oh, here's some big news that we can talk about. It's so weird when this news breaks out because I think this news broke the day after we posted our last week's episode. But mm-hmm. Chip Ganassi Racing was bought out by Track House Racing last week or made official last week all from a whim of uh justin marks yep calling chip ganassi on a whim just be like to see what chip would say i'm paraphrasing here of right. him buying the team and here we are x amount of months later and it's happening he's buying yeah. the two charters from uh from ganassi and ganassi will be no more after 20 years i believe in nascar which is right. very hard to believe, especially for you and I. I mean, he's Ganassi's been here since twenty, so since we were thirteen, twelve, thirteen mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've seen some a lot of guys come and go through that forty-two car, through the one car. Um, it's all, and like I mean, you had in the I'm trying to think was it just forty-two and one. Oh, and the 41, uh, 40, the 40, 40, the 40, 41, yeah. 40, 41, 42 yeah. for a while. Sterling yeah. Marlin, mm-hmm. uh, um, Casey, um, Casey Mears, Casey Mears. Reed Sorensen was yeah. in the 41 at one point. My uh, goodness. Juan Pablo come through there. Mm-hmm. A lot of different guys. Yeah. David Stremme. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of, but yeah, it's, I mean, it kind of speaks to. Trackhouse's commitment, that's something Justin Marks has said since day one. Like, we're here to compete and win, but also to kind of change the game a little bit, which is why Pitbull's bought in because there's this marketing aspect as well. But, yeah, like you said, just kind of on a whim, wanted to see what was out there. And I think you're starting to see there's a, all this big these big news is really about something that's been a, an underlying conversation for a long time of all of these owners are getting older. Penske's older, Roush is older, Hendrick's older, um, Ganassi's older. They're just they're just older guys, and mm-hmm. it's you. There's this question of what's going to be, who's going to be the next guard, who's going to be the next ones coming along, and you've seen like in some places the secession plan of like JD Gibbs coming along and kind of becoming really the leader of Gibbs Racing, and you're starting to see it with you know Roush has this, is making its plan with having. Keselowski come on as a co-owner and that's now official. So next year and they have Jeff be, Gordon at Hendrick. <laughs> yep. Hendrick has Gordon now. And, um, and so you kind of are seeing all these succession, succession plans put into place. And so it makes sense that Ganassi's starting to, you know, he's, he's, I don't know how old chip is, but he's, he's up there and it wouldn't surprise me if chip still has a very small ownership stake Yeah. in chip ganassi racing or in a track house racing if that was a part of the deal but i mean i guess ganassi's not that that old he's 63 years old um okay but he's you know there's there's this people starting to get older he's also involved in so many different racing series he's indycar imza um he's starting uh or has started uh extreme e i don't know if you've seen that the off-road electric oh yeah yeah. thing that Mm -hmm. lewis hamilton started he's got Mm -hmm. he's got a team there i mean he's everywhere so i feel like if he was going to drop any of these teams it would be nascar because they're like the least the the worst performing out of all of them right as i mean i don't make that to sound terrible but i'm by the numbers they definitely are Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense, but yeah, what you're saying is fantastic about changing of the guard, which I actually haven't really thought about. But how old is Jack Roush? Gosh, he's got to be what eighty something. Uh, he's he's up. He's well into his seventies. So um, we'll do a quick little Google search to, yeah, to same, arrive at the same. answer. But yeah, seventy nine years old. Wow. Um, so just turned seventy nine a few months ago, and mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's just the way things are going, and you're starting to see this this next next group come along which is encouraging you know having denny and michael jordan jump into the ownership roles and there's you know colleague racing coming up next year yeah there's rumors of dale earnhardt jr starting to think a bit more seriously down the road of of making the jump to to cup series racing and stuff like that so you're you're starting to see all of that 
come together, come to fruition, which is which is exciting for the sport that there's mm-hmm. this next generation coming up. I mean, it'd be awesome for Earnhardt Racing or DEI to or not DEI <laughs> Junior, Motor Junior Motorsports yeah. to be involved long term in the sport in that that capacity and things like that. So so it's exciting, um, exciting stuff. I love that Trackhouse has already been performing well this year. Like they haven't been yeah. a fluke team that basically many thought they would kind of be because like oh Pitbull, he probably knows nothing about nascar and while that may be a little true that team has been performing super well thankfully they're under chevy Mm -hmm. and they get all their stuff from um rcr Mm -hmm. yeah right but like chevy as a whole has been performing well just look at hendrick um so uh, yeah although we'll see if the uh has the the nose change that happened um what type of effect oh yeah that's true yeah so that's very uh, very true it's it's hard to see with the human eye, but apparently there's something NASCAR wasn't liking about the noses on the Chevys, and uh, so we'll see. I mean, they've won two of the three races since making that change, but <laughs> they haven't been as dominant as they were before. So we'll uh, we'll kind of see how that unfolds. Um, so with that, I have a lot of the play on yellow card, red cards are mostly NASCAR related. We sure. want to jump into that yeah, before absolutely. some F1 talk. Absolutely. All right. So um, we'll go with the. The first one that you were um, alluding to, um, but I stopped you on. So Atlanta announced that they will be repaving and reconfiguring their racetrack, making the banking um, up to 28 degrees and the track tighter, specifically within the turns. Uh, play on. I'm. A, I like that it's gotten. It's getting tighter because uh, I just. I think a narrow racetrack may make it very fun. Um, I'm a little disappointed that they're not making it into... I guess I'll give it a yellow card. I'm a little disappointed that they're not giving it a... Um, just like a paperclip look. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that they're keeping it in a uh, you know, D-shaped cookie-cutter oval that we see time and time again. Right. Uh, right. I saw a tweet from Denny Hamlin saying that he was upset that no driver input was put into this. It was actually a shots fired type of tweet. I think I sent it to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. Yep. I'm going to read it real fast. He said, with all due respect, the same group has reconfigured Texas, Kentucky, Bristol with zero driver input. One of those tracks lost a race. The other one, we we only, we don't race at anymore. And the other one, and the last one we put dirt over it, but Hey, what do the drivers know? Which I was like, oh. <laughs> I think he has great points, except for the the Bristol one. Um, the Bristol one was a TV thing. Let's be honest. Yeah, that was. Uh, we want to have a dirt track, but we want to be able to sell a lot of tickets. Bristol's done it before. Let's try it again, and it, I mean, it worked pretty well. Yeah, so, it did. You know, that's a. And Bristol, uh, Bristol's some of the best racing out there. So. Mm-hmm. Let's you know it's not because the racing wasn't great that we're they covered no, it in dirt. It not at all. Was, uh, there was other things around it, and the dirt dirt racing is just awesome. So that's why it worked well, and they're doing it again. Um, but you know, and yeah, but it's it is an interesting element of bringing in. Like I know the drivers are the ones driving it, but you yeah. know how knowledgeable are they of that stuff? I don't know. Maybe they are the most knowledgeable. Maybe not. <laughs> I would. Lo- know, I would I love know. to. I would love to take. I don't know, five, five or ten of our cup guys, and and let them design a track. And I'd love to see what it come out to be. Like, mm-hmm. draw it yeah. out, all the details, and to see if it's like something we would like as fans. Well, it's it's it would probably just be Homestead. <laughs> probably you're actually <laughs> a shorter right. Homestead. We always or something keep coming like back to Homestead. <laughs> like a th- yeah. three quarter mile Homestead. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And they just, and, and so, I mean, it's like with any repave, the racing, racing always stinks at a repave after a repave. It yeah. just, it's too smooth. It doesn't have enough time to grow character. I mean, that's what makes Atlanta great is the pavement's so old that it's, and it's so bumpy that it's, it's really entertaining to watch. But the problem with that is it's not good for the track. And eventually it just reaches a point where you need to repave it. Right, and that's where Atlanta's at, and so that's yeah. why it'll get the character you know, back. It's it's Atlanta. The weather is harsh in Atlanta. It'll get terrible in no time. <laughs> right. So, 
All right, moving on to the next one. Jeff Gordon leaving the Fox booth to take on the full-time role with Hendrick. Play on. I feel like we all kind of saw this coming because he's never not had a hand in Hendrick, and now this is just a very permanent way of having his hand in it. Right. So. Um, I think <laughs> I forget who it was. But somebody's like, he's basically doing the same thing he was doing before, just on a permanent basis. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard that too. Was that on DVC yeah. maybe? Mm, it might have been. I feel like it was a driver I heard say. It may have been, yeah. So, I, I think. Probably Clint Boyer. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I think it was Clint Boyer that said it on an interview I saw on uh, on Twitter somewhere he had done. But, yeah, I think Jeff Gordon really did seem to kind of be a nice bridge out of the DW Fox. Um, he kind of might have been a bit more of a eye-opener to the Fox producers of okay, we need to encourage Daryl Waltrip to enjoy retirement, um, which, you know, great guy, but he was, it just was, it wasn't catching up with the modern term times. Mm-hmm. And I thought I liked Gordon's perspective. I didn't think he was the greatest play-by-play guy. Um, his, he's had good thoughts. It's, it just wasn't, he wasn't never as engaging or as gripping as I hope. Um, I thought Clint Boyer brought out a lot with him, but um, I don't. I think good move for Gordon. Um, it sets himself up long term to kind of be the head head over there, and uh, him and Gordon and um, Chad Canals kind of running everything, and uh, and I think it opens the door for Fox to to make some good decisions. I think long term they want to get Kevin Harvick in there whenever he retires. That would be great, and I think that's probably the plan. But you know, there's oppor- a lot of opportunities they can go with this route i think jamie mcmurray's name's the one i keep hearing the most uh or they could just keep it a two-man booth but um yeah that's pretty cool uh next one chase elliott will be racing at the srx race at the fairgrounds play on father against son that's gonna be super fun (laughs) i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go i will be in town but i don't know if I'll be able to go. So I'm waiting mm-hmm. literally until like that weekend. If I can go, I'm buying a ticket. Nice. That's going to be cool. I think Chase is probably going to dominate the race. Um, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I'm still bummed I haven't really been able to watch an SRX race. I've like, I've able seen to watch the races. One. Yeah. Yeah. I've been able to like watch and I'll, I'll like pull it up on YouTube and get to watch the main. But you're just watching the main. Everything's edited so that. It starts at the green flag. There isn't really much time between like commercial or like caution breaks or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just, it skips ahead and the race ends and it's over type thing. Yeah. So I need to try these last two weeks to hopefully get to sit down and just watch the whole, the whole event um, yeah. and the whole production side of things and hear everything to get a, a good feel for it. But that'll be a, a pretty neat thing have happened yeah um finally last one i have for play on yellow card red card um it's a soccer one uh before we talked about formula one but burhalter decides to go with an mls heavy team for the gold cup for usa oh Uh, play on i guess (laughs) i haven't really paid attention to it that much yeah yeah i Typically, I would be really annoyed. Every time I hear MLS only, generally, it's really annoying. I get it because sometimes the MLS schedule is different than the Premier League in Europe and all that stuff. So sometimes it makes sense that MLS isn't playing right now. We'll bring a bunch of MLS players. Um, I was initially annoyed, and then I read Burhalter's reasoning. And his thought process was, what I want to do is develop the most well-rounded USA team we possibly can. And he's like, so he brought a team to the League of Nations or the Nations League, whatever it is, that new tournament we had a few months ago. Uh-huh. And that USA beat Mexico in the final. And it was an awesome kind of way of the team coming together and winning. Christian Pulisic playing the hero, of course. And, um, and so <laughs> now he's saying, you know, we had this team that went out and won. Now I want to bring this other group of guys together and also have them win. And just like the, the mentality is to just across the board, have everybody be clicking and performing so that when it does come time for the 
World Cup qualifiers here in about only about three months away till World Cup qualifying begins. Which uh, one of those games is in Nashville? Ooh, we play Canada. Sweet September fifth. Oh snap! And it's like I think it's a Monday or Sunday. Mm. I was like, I'll be home. It's Labor Day weekend. (laughs) Yeah, and the last time we had an international cup sort of like actual tournament game, I think it was Gold Cup. We had over 47,000 people at Nissan Stadium, which was nice. at the time the most we've ever had for soccer in the state of Tennessee. Hmm. So let's try to break that record. Absolutely. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Yes. Yeah. So so excited about that. But uh, so that's it for our play on yellow card, red cards for the day. Um, you want to talk about the Formula One race, which had a lot going on. I didn't get to watch it. I just got to watch the highlights. But Nick, go ahead and... Uh, Give everyone it was, thoughts on it the was, race. It uh, was a much better race than the steering Grand Prix we saw the week before at the exact same track. However, same result as the winner is concerned. Max took a commanding lead and never looked back. He took such a commanding lead that towards the end of the race, he had a big enough lead that uh, Red Bull called him in for a pit stop to get fresh tires so that he could get the fastest lap of the race. And still finished ahead of Valtteri Bottas by 17.9 seconds. <laughs> he had like That's a tw- he had like a 20 odd some odd or maybe more. To my second lead, it was like near 30 second lead or something like that. Cummins for a pit stop and generally you'll lose about 23 to 25 seconds uh a pit um 20 to 20 wow, excuse me, words. 23 to 25 seconds on pit road from start to finish uh and when he came out of the pits i think he had a four or seven second lead i can't remember exactly what it was and then he just extended it within less <laughs> than fresh ten, time. less than 10 laps i mean he just <laughs> soared man uh but we just had a lot i mean so our top five looked like this in max first valtteri second lando third so that's a fantastic podium max and valtteri were used to on the podium but but we're not usually used to Lewis not joining those two on the podium. So Lewis finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Carlos Sainz finished fifth. Great result for Ferrari as they are slowly coming around this year. Uh, Perez finished sixth because uh, he had two five-second penalties for basically rough racing as the stewards, I guess, saw it as. I just saw it as good old racing deal. Um. So he wasn't able to get a he wasn't able to get five seconds on Carlos Sainz, therefore he dropped back to sixth. Daniel Ricciardo seventh, Charles Leclerc eighth, Pierre Gasly ninth, and Fernando Alonso getting the last point in tenth, beating out George Russell. So George Russell has still yet to score a point while driving for Williams. Gosh, it's such such heartache every time that happens for him. But the race itself was just, it was super good. We had a lot of passing. We had a lot of controversial passes, which uh, to me, all of them seemed like kind of a racing deal. Uh, except There was maybe one, Josh, I think you alluded to it earlier before we got on here, where Perez kind of hit. Was he hitting uh, Leclerc? No, he was, he, who, who was he hitting? I thought it was... Leclerc. It was Leclerc. Yeah, okay, it was Leclerc. Yeah. Okay. And he kind of Leclerc was on the outside, and there was there was definitely contact twice, which forced Leclerc up over onto the green stuff, and then into the dirt, and mm-hmm. dirt went kicking everywhere, and it was kind of um, so that one was less questionable. It's hard. It's a tough. It's a tough balance to kind of strike where you know there's this element of when a guy's side by side, you're supposed to give him the room. But if a guy's willingly putting himself outside of the late racing groove to try and make a pass on you, don't you kind of have your right if you're slightly ahead of him to run your lane and kind of put it on? You technically the do. Other guy? If you have the advantage, like if you have the the lane, as they say it, like it's your lane. Like you shouldn't mm-hmm. have to give the guy room. If, like you just said, if if he wants to take that chance of going the high side, low side, whatever it may be, and does not come out the other side you know of the of the corner that's to me that's on him that's a racing deal that's not a Mm -hmm. forced off the road type of situation which is what the stewards deemed every single time but what i think happened 
with the stewards and 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 making those decisions. So the first one they called on Perez, everyone, including myself, um, everyone, meaning the guys on the broadcast, didn't think that that was a penalty because it just um, it was with Lando and Perez. And they mm-hmm. said Lando forced Perez off, which I didn't really see that at all. Nope, um, I didn't either. And so they caught, they gave Lando a five-second penalty. Well, now I felt like the stewards put themselves in a box. So therefore, they called that type of move a penalty the remainder of the race. Because had they not done that, then they wouldn't have been consistent. So right. I, that's, I don't know if that's true or you know if if anyone else has thought that i would hope so but like that's just like that's immediately what i thought was well now if they're gonna call it once they're just gonna have to call it the rest of the 71 laps because it happened very early with lando and perez and lando was very surprised over the team mm-hmm. radio he was like what for like for racing him like he went he took the high line that's you know that's kind of right. on him tampa bay right. has 10 seconds uh, I'm 20 seconds right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. 10 seconds behind you. Okay. Don't spoil those last 10 seconds. Okay. <laughs> and. Okay. Well, now it's clearly over. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> um, good for them. What a, what a torn <laughs> Vasilevsky. I mean, He's he was just phenomenal in the whole playoffs, like mm-hmm. absolutely. You there? Hello? I lost you. There you are. I got you. Okay, I'm back. What happened? <laughs> what? I don't know what happened. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, fun times. No idea whatsoever. <laughs> Great times were had by all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Vasilevsky just had a phenomenal tournament. I don't know who's going to end up being the Con uh, Smythe winner. I think he's got to be considered. I mean, he had, I think, two shutouts. No. No, he gave up one goal in game one, one goal in game two, three goals in game three, uh, two goal, or three games in game four, and then just no goals tonight so uh he'd be a, a front runner for that i'm guessing um kucherov will also be in contention for that so we'll kind of kind of see who who gets it uh i mean could even see uh i almost wonder if headman defensively would be in the conversation um what, so, a, what a year we'll see yep Yes, he is. But, Patrick Maroon won his third straight Stanley Cup. Wow. Yeah. When was the last yep. time we saw a team do two in a row? Or consecutive? Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Duh. In, what, 15-16? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or 16-17. When, when they beat the Preds. <laughs> yeah, they beat the Preds, yeah. and then the next year they went out and beat um, somebody else. Yeah. Or, or was it the opposite? I it might have been the opposite. The president might have been year two, but yeah, that's the last time it happened. Um, and then before that, it'd been a, it'd been a little while. I think it was the, uh, um, I think it was the Red Wings back in the nineties. Probably. The last time it did prior to then. <laughs> so. Probably. Um. So yeah, now we've talked about hockey twice amongst other <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it again when the consmites given out here in a few minutes. There, there you go. <laughs> uh, F1 will return in a week and a half uh, because by the time this comes out, it'll be a week and a half to Great Britain for the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, and that will always that's always proven to be a fantastic race. Last year, Lewis babied his car home to a win after his tires all but exploded. That's right, yeah. That was insane. Vettel race. was, or not Vettel, um, Verstappen was coming. He was coming so fast, <laughs> but, man, and he just yeah wasn't there in the end. One more lap, he would have he would have won. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that is motorsports, and uh, the big thing that happened today: England beat Denmark to solidify their way to the Europa League. Europa League. Wow, what's wrong with me? The Euro twenty twenty <laughs> final. <laughs> Yes. Um, 
I was very first back time and forth ever making it there. Since well, first time since '66, right? No, '66 was when they won the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Wow, I this read is their that. first time ever making it to the finals in Euros. Got it. Okay, well, that's an even better stat. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I, I for the most part wanted England to win, but there was such a soft heart in me that wanted Denmark to win. And I feel like a lot of people may have been that way. Just what mm-hmm. of what Denmark has gone through this year, no one really. I don't think anyone really expected them to go that far, right? Especially without Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure. Um, and the fact that man, <laughs> England got one of their goals on an own goal from Denmark, mm-hmm. and then they got it on a penalty. Which I get why they call it a penalty, but I still don't think Sterling was touched. I feel like he just sold it very, very well. I didn't get the. I didn't see the penalty. I just had someone at church was telling me about it, and he was like, "I don't know." Yeah. It was a really weak foul, really weak, and wasn't surprised that it was overturned. So I need to go back and yeah, and find that at some point. Yeah, go but, back and watch it. We were, I was in the terminal in Charlotte, and uh, there was, I walked past a bar that had it on, and there was a bunch of people that were surrounding the bar watching it, like on their way to the gate, and there was a lot of mixed emotion uh, when. When that penalty happened, I was kind of loud about it. Some guys turned around and looked at me like I was an idiot. I was like, he didn't get touched. There's no way he got touched. And they're all just looking at me like, do you know what you're looking at? I'm like, I was like, watch his leg. He does not get touched. Um, but I was talk- texting my tour manager about it. He goes, yeah, he sold that well. And then I thought, yeah, if they don't call it a penalty, then death threats will be at an all-time high on those referees too right <laughs> which no one wants to see um but yeah so we have england versus italy in the uh euro final who do you got for that win i the italy italy just looks has looked really i mean i know spain out played them possession wise i didn't get to watch the game but italy's speed is so good yeah um that it could definitely bring up some some trouble for for the uh for england but england does have this team of destiny vibe to them with the way the energy has been this year i mean Mm -hmm. granted so did nc state college baseball team and then covid took them out so (laughs) (laughs) um That was unfortunate. Uh, so, <laughs> right, right. But I, I think, I think I'm gonna, I'm picking England to win on Sunday. I'll be pulling for England. Yes. Um, and I'm, I think I, I'm feeling like they're gonna get the win. But Italy's fast, really yeah. fast. So we'll it, see. Italy's really good at selling fouls too, because mm-hmm. the referee on Tuesday was calling every time. Every time they just took a little fall a little tumble that was comical to watch but you know what mm-hmm. i have no idea what it's like to be a referee on a soccer field so right right I, you don't have the gift of replay yeah it's it's a tough game i mean to to referee um just having even doing it like way back when when refereeing 12 13 year olds whatever 10 year olds there's times where you like see something and you're like ah Ah, that was close. And the more I think about it, like the further it's becoming from my memory. And so it's a, it's a tough game to, to manage. It's not like uh, American football where you've got four guys who are able to throw a flag and then they have a conference about it. it. Yeah. And then ultimately decide there's no foul. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to, who's going to win this Conn Smythe trophy? Let's see. They're just everyone's just dancing right now. Who is? Kucherov's just jumping up and down. Hmm. Uh, they're all just yeah. they're all just hugging right now. Right. <laughs> this is a real time analysis of uh, Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> it's a uh, it's. It's it's hard with to settle on a a Con Smythe because there's just so many guys played well and yeah. did what they needed to do and 
you know, they were a superior team, but it wasn't like one guy scored five or six goals this this series. Um, and Vasilevsky was just a stud all the way through the playoffs, start to finish. And so he he's who I keep coming back to as Every- the pick. Everyone's booing Gary Bettman. <laughs> <laughs> My, the best tradition in sport, all of hockey. Number one. Number two, the handshake line. Number three. Number one, booing Gary Bettman. It's so funny. <laughs> he, like, smiles at it. It's almost endearing to him at this point. Yeah, he kind of, he, there's, he kind of, like, if there isn't enough booze, like, especially at the draft, he'll kind of wait and, like, wave people on until they start booing louder. Right. It's great. Also, can we just Here point we out that Tampa Bay Bucks and Lightning brought home their respective championship trophy? Yep. Oh. Did the there? There you go. You called it. Vasilevsky. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm still about 12 seconds behind you. Sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I like being right. So, yeah. Boom. How old is that dude, man? Like 24. Vasilevsky. Yeah. Um, he's been around a little while. I'd guess oh, okay. he's like 27 or so. Okay. Goalies just look so weird when they take their helmet off and they're just skating around these big pads. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good for him. 26 years old. There you go. Wow, that's impressive. Amazing. First player to win, play in every game in wearing, winning back-to-back titles since, I think, Ken Dryden in the 70s. He played every game in the playoffs? Yeah, both this year and last year. Wow. When they won the cup. So. That's so cool. It's pretty impressive. It's so cool. Whew. So, good for them. They're uh, clearly the better team. Uh, yes, and they're always going to be a threat for, I would say, at least a few more years. I don't know. I feel like they're always yeah. a threat in some way, shape, or form. Well, they're they're in this fortunate thing of being in Florida with no income tax. Well, so salaries salaries mean more. A a five million dollar a year salary in Tampa is worth way more than a five point seven million dollar contract in, you know, in Boston. Boston, yeah, right. It's just, it's just reality. There's a few other states like that, but you know, it's right. Salary know, goes a long way. Yep. Look at that big old trophy. I'm so distracted. Uh, so distracted. Sorry, I'm now watching the Sterling foul. Oh yeah. Uh, there's definitely a tiny bit of contact, but oh, see, <laughs> that's a harsh one for a. That's why I was like, yeah. That's <laughs> that's a harsh foul, in my opinion. Yeah, see, and I trust it's... your opinion because we don't have to agree. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's harsh. Um, but yeah, that's the call that was made. But yeah. it's been great having the Euros. I'm oh my sad gosh, to see I, them. Me too. Ending. I'm sad I wasn't able to watch more of the group stages. Yeah, I, I was feel able. Like those I are the best. Yeah, I haven't been able to watch as much of the elimination stages, but was able to watch a lot of the group stages, and they were they were really good, really yeah. well done. Um, so. but after uh, well after the final on Sunday, we only have to wait. Uh, what? Sunday is what day? The 15th? No. Sunday is the 11th. 11th. And then we only have to wait like two weeks before the Olympics start. If so, they happen. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, Japan is uh, has like has COVID stuff. Oh, my gosh. It's really worrisome. Um, there's, 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 I'm betting there like won't be people at events. Oh, wow. Um, like, or it's going to be. Are we doing like it's going to be interesting. Are we doing another wave? I think, I mean, I think Japan is. No, so, okay. I haven't been keeping you know, up with any of that stuff. Yeah, I just keep reading stuff that Japan keeps locking things down more and more, and they're increasing their, they're more growing more and more worried. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I hope, I hope it happens. Yeah. Well, the That's... Premier League announced that they're going to bring full-fledged fans back for mm-hmm. this upcoming season. So that's exciting. Yeah, and I think like I think because vaccines are more readily available in the UK and here that that's kind of 
having that effect. Yeah, we're kind of fine. Or I think Japan is not on the same level as far as that's going. So Mm. this is going to be an interesting thing to see, see how that all goes. But I'm looking forward to it if it happens. I'm looking forward Um, to the... um, Swimming and gymnastics. Swimming and gymnastics, but I'm also looking forward to us being able to post our episode that no one knows about yet. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That'll be a good one. Uh, well, before we get out of here, you have a note about your rant, and it says, Twitter reflects changing sports layout in an awesome way. Oh, I'll yeah. Elaborate yeah. on this, please. <laughs> I was like, I had a Twitter rant huh, written in? I guess I did. Um, so there's there's a number of guys I follow on Twitter that um, for different purposes, you know, Twitter for me is 90% sports related. Like that's all the people I follow. There's a few friends that never post stuff and one or two like, um, like pastors or things like that I follow. But for the most part, it's sports related. And I kind of have my niche people. And so if you've listened to our podcast much, you know, I'm big into analytics, especially on the hockey side of things. And I kind of have this group of analytics guys I like following. Um, and then also Buffalo sports reporters. I tend to, when I listen to sports radio, I listen to Buffalo sports radio, WGR 550 and stuff like that. Um, whoa, so I whoa, follow, whoa. you know, name <laughs> dropping. Um, so I follow a lot of like the reporters there and stuff like that. And it's interesting because 20 years ago when I lived up there, you know, the idea of them spending any time talking about soccer was laughable. Like soccer would come on the radio and it would just be, you know, okay, we got to talk about the world cup because it's happening. Mm hmm. USA, you know, you know, and there was very little interest, but now it's, it's been really fun over the last few years to watch all these different people I follow also start to love soccer, um, or racing or these different things like that. And people that had for a long time, not embraced those sports now are listening, watching, picking teams. You know, it's been fun watching like one of the hockey guys I follow decided about two years ago to start following Juventus. Another guy started following Atlanta and stuff like that and kind of seeing them dive full into their soccer clubs. And then it kind of exploded this year, I noticed, in a big way with Euro where there's all these different hockey and football and soccer or, or not soccer, hockey and football and racing people I follow that are now talking about the Euros. And so it's kind of this really cool thing where the soccer world is getting more and more popular. Like it's finally arrived after 30 years of saying it's going to get popular in America. It's finally popular. Um, and so it's, it's fun to watch this, this kind of convergence of, of these things happening. And so I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, and also with, uh, the, uh, uh, what's it, the, uh, the cup going down pan, um, pan mobile. What's the pan, I don't know. Not Pan. What's the tournament? Uh, Copa. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Copa America right now. Uh-huh. And so yeah. Messi's getting another shot after he's retired how many times? Eight times. Um, eight times or whatever. <laughs> he's finally getting that shot. He plays playing Brazil-Argentina Saturday night for the for the Copa Championship. Um, that'll be a... I'll watch that. You know, lots of fun stuff going on. So And it's just seen all these Twitter people that have these specified areas now coming to love soccer and other sports too, seeing racing and hockey all kind of become more popular amongst people. It's just exciting. And I love it. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of more people enjoying something, this just made me think of this. So, uh, on the tour bus, all of, all the guys like some sport or another, generally it's football and the Tennessee Titans because everyone on, on the tour bus is from Nashville for the most part. What I was like one of the only motorsport guys on the bus, uh, but our merch guy Derek, he loves sports car racing, and then he uh, kind of late last year started getting to Formula One. So he and I just go back and forth on talking Formula One um, up until about a month and a half ago, when our tour manager was like, "Hey, Nick, Derek." Uh, I'm into Formula One now because I've been watching Drive to Survive. We're like, mm-hmm. yes, we got another one. <laughs> We're like high five. Like, all right, we got another one. Uh, so he's been watching it. And then Mitchell came up to me <laughs> this past weekend. He goes, dude, 
I'm all in on Formula One. He goes, he's like, he's like, my girlfriend was watching when we came, was watching Drive to Survive when we came home the other day, and I got hooked. He, he looks over at me. He goes, later that day, he goes, Nick, who's your driver? I was like, Dan, he's like, I was like Daniel Ricardo. He goes, me too, dude. He's like, I love Daniel Ricardo. I was like, all right, I do too we, now. I was like, here we go. It's yes, yeah. And why is that, Josh? Uh, because he's a Buffalo Bills fan. And that's <laughs> most just, random that's the thing. Rules. That's the most <laughs> random thing ever. Guy from Australia is a huge fan of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he said he All wants right. to be dropped in on a um, on a table eventually. On a table. <laughs> Josh Allen was like, I think we can make that happen. Yes. So, <laughs> so expect that to happen this upcoming season. I am yes. off I am all for seeing that. Yes indeed. Uh, well, guys, it's late. Yep. And we need to go to bed. So, yep. Enjoy this episode, and we will see you guys next week sometime. Yep. With that, yes, we will. I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. We'll talk to you guys at some point. Later. <laughs> 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 oh.